never gets old. I fucking love it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so impressed with myself that I still enjoy it after 57 episodes that we've done now. Uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Aussie Craft Distillers Shooting the Shits. I'm Luke. And um, tonight we are not joined by Crafty and Todd. Uh, Todd's under the weather and Crafty is somewhere else. Uh, but somewhere. we don't need him because we have uh, Nick joining us from Dusty Barrel Distillery. Hey, Nick, uh, as we chat G'day. with uh, Louise from uh, Mex Trade, uh, the most Ooh. passionate and knowledgeable uh, Mezcal aficionado or Mexican that I've ever met, actually. <laughs> so welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Am I the story. first Mexican that you actually meet? No. Uh, no, look, I know I've met a few, mm -hmm. but you're the only one that I've been drinking with. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so cool. I think that I think that makes you special. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Uh, good evening, uh, David and Carolyn Taylor. Lovely to have you along as usual. All right, let's get into it. I have a question straight off the bat for you. Okay. What sort of glass, if I'm drinking Mezcal tonight okay. or yeah. Agave Spirit, what sort of glass should I be using? Where are we here? Okay. So yep. I've got, I've got my, my whiskey tumbler, mm -hmm. which I love. Heavy, got a bit of weight to it. Like, hit someone over the head with that, and yep. they're going to sleep for a long time. Or Blankan. your classic Blancan, which mine's a little bit dirty. Um, let's go a different one. Um, oh, look at that Craftworks one. Uh, classic Blancan for whiskey drinking. Uh, or, and Rosemary's going to fucking kill me from Ooh. Black Snake. A copita. Ah, all right. Okay. A clay copita. Yep, what yeah, should yeah. I use for to drink this cup? Well, you know what? This is a great question because um look, the the best way to appreciate mezcal is using the glencane. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, um in in Mexico, we drink it using the um, like a little short glass, I do have it around here, this one. Just imagine this cup, but mm -hmm. in glass, okay? And we call it veladoras. Yep. This is the typical glass that when you go to a bar in Mexico and they, you order mezcal, they're going to serve it to you. Is it the best glass um, to actually appreciate what the beautiful mezcal or tequila can give you? Probably not. But this mm -hmm. is the traditional one, just in glass. And yep. when you are in Oaxaca or in the places that are making mezcal, they actually give it to you in these little gourds. You see these little... Yeah. It's not the copitas. Oh, it's not like a copita, right. It's kind of yeah. like this one, the one that you were saying, which yeah. this thing developed because of this guy, okay? When you are there, that's that's the usually the glass that they give it to you when you're walking around in the distilleries or this guy. Yep. Those are the ones. Now... When I'm drinking and I'm taking my time and I'm going to really enjoy what I have in my glass, if it's the first time that I'm going to be drinking one of those guys, then I usually order either in a wine glass or mm -hmm. in the Glencane. And if I'm right now like in my house, I do have some special glasses that are for tequila and for mezcal, which is these guys. 
So it's it's a right. it's very similar to the ah uh, yeah yeah the yep. wind gain in the yep. in the sense of the so shape still that that sort of traditional um tulip shaped. Yep, exactly. Uh, and it's just in yep. this case for the mezcal, it's a bit wider. This is the one for tequila, and it's all depending. I mean, I'm saying a tequila, but let's say it's all based on the ABV. So if it's less than 45, I we usually use this guy. And if it's above 45, which most of the real good mezcales should be, uh, I use this one. So then it can breathe right. a little bit more and I don't get the impact of the alcohol that much. That yeah. said, a lot of the times um, I just drink it with this guy because the, the aromas are straight up into your nose. So mm -hmm. I really enjoy that, you know. So that's that's to answer your question. And on the glasses that you have, the Glen Cane for sure. Okay, so... That brings us to what are you drinking? Uh, let's let's start at the top with Nick. What have you got in your glass tonight? I've got a Belgrove rye in a musket cask. So, um, yeah, it's a, quite a nice one. That right. does sound good. Belgrove does some good stuff. He's all right. I think he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He does indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, then I'm, I'm going to – I'll go next because I've got a bit of a selection of things. Um, and so here's one that you might recognise. Oh, yes. I love that one. Uh, the uh, Mez Calosfera, which yes, I'm murdering. Yeah. But no, no, uh, so this one I picked up at uh, your um, – uh, uh, master class, not a master class. No, event. I don't, I don't like, like master, master class. classes. No, it's just at a, your a nice at your drinking event. session at the yeah. Oak Barrel, um, yeah. and that's fucking lovely. Yeah. Uh, but also because we are Aussie craft distillers, uh, shooting the shit, I have a bottle of the Black Snake and Yale. Yeah, All right, cool. Which again, murdering. Uh, and I've just picked up as well, very flamboyantly oh. bottled, the Ichuka. Uh, Ooh, I don't know that one. Agave. Okay. Yep. So Ichuka down on the uh, the on the Murray, uh, between on the Murray uh, Victorian Murray River. Yep. Yeah. All right. Oh. And then I've also got a little a wee a wee bottle of their gold agave. Oh. So, so ooh, okay. Mm. And then just to round it out, because, I mean, why not? I can. It's my podcast. Um, I've got some, and I believe this is yours as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so Very I've got good. some grasshopper salt, which I, I, I had a little bit of a, what does it smell like? a snifter oh, of it, it smell? before. It so it's, it's the colour of... Um, Looks like Milo. Milo granules. Yep, yep, yep. With some with with Milo and salt mixed together is what it looks like. It like doesn't a rock smell salt. like Milo. Yeah, rock salt. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't rock, smell yeah, like yeah. Milo. It's very earthy, um, smoky, smoky and earthy, and um, because it's mine and nobody else is going to drink it, I can double dip. Yeah. So, so there you go. Look. Mmm. Yep. What it tastes like? I really enjoy. Is it. That just, I really like it. 
it's um so it's not just for the tourists that's no. yummy oh mm. that is yum i can see that working brilliantly with, yes well, certainly, with, with, the certainly with the real yeah. stuff yes <laughs> but holy shit that's awesome yeah, yeah um the nice, nice salt <laughs> mm, salty dirt todd says <laughs> and delicious at the same time and delicious at the same time yeah uh all right so what is in your glass my friends well i've, I've been deciding what i'm gonna be drinking i obviously have a lot of things um i have tequila on this side and then i have mezcal on this other one but i, I think i'm gonna start with a little bit of tequila and then i'll move into into mezcal so with mm -hmm. that, I'm gonna probably grab. Oh, I'll, I'll grab this guy. Mm. It's called Pasote. It's a blanco tequila. Blanco from where? So this okay. We're going into it. Um, so it's obviously from Mexico. Uh, to be called tequila needs to come from from Mexico. It has its own denomination of origin. Uh, this mm -hmm. is way back in 1974. That's when they got it. And inside the regions of tequila, the main producer is one state called Jalisco. And in there is divided in two sections. Um, yeah, you got it over there on the map. So it's that orange, well, light, dark yellow. I don't know how to actually yeah. describe that color there. Yep, yep. And just imagine that where the word um, or the letter, sorry, I, between the I and the S, just imagine that there is an imaginary line that is splits that state in two different ones, which is the Valles mm. and Los Altos, which the translation in English will be the valleys and the highlands, not linked to the whiskey area and is not taking the names from the whiskey. It's just a translation of the Spanish because yep. it's the altitude, the sea, the sea level altitude. And this guy, uh, the one that I'm drinking right now, Pasote, is coming from the highlands. Right. Or the agaves, the agaves and the distillery are in that particular area. Mm. So yep. let's go back to who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We haven't done that yet. Uh, we should probably probably do the do the full intro, shouldn't we? So uh, you are Mextrade, mextrade.com.au. I'm flashing that up on the uh, yes. uh on the, on the screen now and i will put it into the comments as well for everybody else playing at home later on who are max trade and what do you do so we are um some passionate people of agave uh, of everything that is made using the agave plant that it turning into an alcohol and in this case is tequila and mezcal mainly there is other two or three, or more, depending on where you are in Mexico, different spirits, but all of them are made with agave. So mm -hmm. we love these kind of things. And I started living here in Australia 14 years ago. I was not doing this thing at all. I had just a normal job. And then things evolved. And at one point, because I really enjoy this thing, I said, like, I need to bring some good tequila, some good mezcales thinking that I knew what it was, uh, really good stuff. And then when I started going out and knocking on the doors, I started actually learning more here than what it was in Mexico about 
good quality tequilas and good quality mezcales. So that's what we do. We bring tequila and mezcal from Mexico. We do have a bit of a criteria in the sense of what products do we bring. Um, most of them, they have to be traditional families, for sure. They have to be making their own tequilas or their own mezcales for many years. It's not these mm -hmm. brands that came out of, not, not, I will not say nowhere, but that they came out just because it's on fashion, just because it's cool mm -hmm. to have a brand mm -hmm. of tequila or mezcal and now they say, oh, I'm going to actually go get involved. No, we, we want the tradition. We want the whole thing. A lot of people have been asking us if we want to create our own brand or that we want to get involved in this kind of thing. No, we don't. We, we love what we do, but we are just presenting what the other people in Mexico are doing. And that's, that's yeah. really what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So you won't be looking at um, uh, bringing across uh, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul's uh, <laughs> <laughs> not boutique enough? <laughs> so speaking of, yeah, no. <laughs> I am yeah, interested I mean, to try it because I did like oh, Breaking yes, Bad. Of course. Mm -hmm. of course, I'll drink it. I'll try anything. Um, but yeah, the the celebrity thing is certainly every celebrity seems to have their own brand their these own brand days, now. don't they? And, and it's, it's, it's kind of sad for me that they do it in the way that they are doing it because they have a lot of money. It's not like they need more money, okay? Mm. Why are they going to places that are just mass production or mass producing alcohol when they can go to these families and mm. work with them and say, okay, look, I know that you have you, you have a small production. That's fine. Let's just create something together, even though that is a limited edition and it's only going to be a few liters or a few thousand liters per year. Mm. That's fine because I have the name. I know that I can sell it in, I don't know, $300 each bottle. And it's going to sell. I'm still going to be making the money that I'm probably going to be making with this mass production thing. But I'm helping mm. a family that has been doing tequila or mezcal for many, many years. And it's just been, I will say, struggle to to get to the next stage or to jump into the known world that people are mm -hmm. saying, hey, what's happening there? Like other big brands uh, or the big brands don't let these guys go up. It's kind of like, just help them out. Just do a little bit more research and you have the name and you're going to have an amazing product. You know, your repetition is going to go up the roof. You're going to have even more mm. followers, just like us that we're fanatics about spirits. Mm. You're like, wow, that's like he, he, he understands. He knows his shit and he did the research and what he's bringing into the market is good. That's the only thing yep. that really gets me with these celebrity spirits. Yeah. No, yeah, I get that. They, yeah, they have the opportunity to turn it into something more than just putting their name on a, on a brand. On uh, putting their name yeah. on a product that could be any old product. Um, yeah, yeah, if you can do it, do it really fucking well. Really well, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the money. I would love to, but I don't have mm. the money to or the or the name to put my name behind a brand uh, or a oh, production like that. Unfortunately, but that would be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. So you've been here for fourteen years, and how often do you get to go back to Mexico? And where in Mexico did you uh, grow up? So I go almost every year. I'm actually going in July. So in a couple of weeks, I'm flying over there. Um, and then I go 
at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Obviously, COVID that doesn't count, but um, yep. that's that's usually what I do. Yeah, every every year I go once or twice. And I was born in Mexico City, so in Mexico City, mm-hmm. big city. Uh, when I got here, it was twenty. 22 million people living in Mexico City. Here in Australia was only 20, 21. So just in, in the right, Mexico City is right in the middle of that map. Um, Smack bang in the middle. It's right in the middle. Little, little, little white spot right in the middle there. Yeah. So yeah, 20, right. and two, yeah, 23 the population of Australia in the city. Time. Yes. The whole Australia was just, <laughs> the population of it was just in that little. But we haven't got enough room. We're running out of room. We can't take anybody else. We don't. That's it. <laughs> Plenty. But so I was born there. I was raised there. Everything, everything that about my living in Mexico has been there um, mm-hmm. until I came to Australia, really. Yeah, right. And do you have a family connection to any um, uh, mezcal or uh, tequila no, production? nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing. Just a lot of love and a lot of passion, uh, but that's so that's passion. not nothing uh, in the family uh, link to it. Actually, anybody in my, I mean, everybody in my family like tequila. Um, they're starting to get into mezcal, some other ones, like in my case, my grand, that was the one that got me into mezcal, even though that he didn't give me mezcal for the first time, but mezcal or tequila is, is is a very common thing to have. And it's a thing in Mexico. You are having lunch and there somebody might be ordering mezcal or going to be or drinking tequila. So I remember every Sunday, all the all family were getting together and my grandma was from Durango, which is a state that makes a lot of mezcal. So she came from a trip from Durango and I remember my grandfather asking her if she brought him some mezcal. That's the first time that I remember hearing the word mezcal. And I was intrigued by it. And then yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have it. She went to the kitchen, brought this empty bottle. I mean, empty, like not clean in the sense of no label. And they start drinking mezcal there. Uh, my uncle as well. He's like, yes, I will have it. His wife, I believe they have a little bit. Um, and that's the first time that I remember hearing and seeing people drinking mezcal. After that, was kind of common to see every Sunday my grandfather drinking mezcal uh, mm. for brunch, let's say, yeah, just before lunch, around lunchtime. That's the first time that I heard about mezcal. So you see it all the time. It's ev- mm. Everywhere you go, people are going to be drinking tequila or they're going to be drinking mezcal. So... They must go through an awful lot. So from my understanding, for agave to mature to the point that it can be harvested and then made into tequila, it can take 20 years for a plant to mature. Mature. How much fucking agave do you have over there? Well, it's big. Eh? It's, 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 a, it's a lot. I can't remember right now the precise number. But it is, um, it's, it's, it's in the millions yeah. of, of agaves that are destined to make tequila. The yeah. ones that are destined to make mezcal, that changes because each, we'll get into it, but mezcal as well has to be made with agave. But different than tequila is that with tequila, you can only use one particular type of agave and that's it. With mezcal, you mm-hmm. can use almost, almost any kind of, 
agave um, and you're going to get something out of it and then you're going to turn it into mezcal. So you can use almost any type of agave. With that said, in that rainbow of agaves, there are some, like you were saying, that it takes forever. It takes 20, 30 years before you can actually harvest it and get some juice to turn it into tequila or mezcal in this case. And the quantities of them, because back in the day, it was a drink, but it was not that popular as it is now. And it's becoming even more and more and more. Um, so there was all the agaves were wild, except for tequila, because that industry has been for more than 100 years now. With mezcal, it was always families. It was in the little town. So there was one family that it was the one making mezcal for that town. They never saw it as a big commercial product. It was just, I'm going to make mezcal for the town. So they were grabbing agaves that they were just wild agaves found in the mountains, in the valleys, in the fields, wherever. And they were using them. And some of the agaves, they were actually used as fences. So they were putting it to mark their land. That's, that's where they were using the agaves. They were not using it to make mezcal. That's back hmm. in the day. Now, all those fences well they don't exist anymore because they harvest all those agaves to turn it into mezcal so there is a few agaves few mezcales that now are collectors in because you're never going to see them again or it might take a long time to actually find them and the good thing with some particular brands is that they are doing some research and they're investing money into cultivating the agave so they are now starting to plant the majority of the ones that we know. There is still a few, like Cavalli that I'm aware of, and another one called Coyote. I haven't heard and I haven't find any or found anybody that is actually planting those agaves. Of the other ones, mm -hmm. even one called Tepestate, that as well is been, at least it's in the trials. Hopefully it will happen uh, because it's a mm -hmm. delicious... Um, it's a delicious one. And the one that you're drinking, the one of Mezcalosfera, the one that you just showed me, that as well is one of those rare ones that right now they're starting to cultivate and see if they can actually uh, generate more and more and more mm. and have farm agave. Yeah, right. Now, that actually um, partially answered that as well. Todd, um, uh, hi, Todd. Uh, put up a question saying, how is Mexico dealing with sustainability in the manufacture of tequila and mezcal? So I guess that goes well, to what you were saying there about yes, cultivating particular cultivating uh, agaves. And with tequila, um, what happens is, well, the, the agave means noble, and, and it's a very noble plant. Like when you start studying the plant, it's fascinating because of all the different things that it gives and and it doesn't die, and it's just very noble. You can plant it almost wherever, and it's going to do its best to survive and to grow and give the best that it can give you to flower one time in their life, and that's it. All the effort mm -hmm. over their life, those 30 years or 20 or 7, whatever it is, is just to flower one time in their life. And like we know with the flowers, well, they come the seeds, and then the seeds are going to be the ones that are going to create other agaves in this case or other plants but besides that reproduction system that he has after two three years he starts giving shoots little little agaves from the from the mother mm -hmm. plant 
And with tequila, what they do is that they go and grab those little ones. With mezcal, depending which agave is the one that they are, if it's already a cultivated one and they have farms, well, they're going to do it. If it's a wild one, well, it's not going to happen like that. But in tequila, that's what they're doing. So the reproduction of the agave by itself is there. And they create certain programs now that they let that flower to come to flower because you have to harvest or you have to cut that flower to concentrate the sugars. If not, all the energy is going to go to the flower mm -hmm. and it's going to suck wow. everything that people want so they can make tequila in or mezcal. So they're going to mm -hmm. cut that flower called quiote and they're going to just harvest it and turn it into tequila or mezcal. But there is this program that now is letting these flowers come up. So then the normal reproduction of any plant happens. But besides the seeds, after the seeds, that same big stalk that comes out is going to give little agaves as well. So it has three methods of reproduction. The one with the shoots, the one with the flower, the normal pollination. And mm. after the whole thing, then it gives little agaves that then they're going to fall all around and they're going to start the process again of coming up. Wow. So those are the ones that are happening, plus the programs that is just cultivating yeah. agaves, making sure that it's just constant um, mm. planting and, and the life cycle keeps going. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Is there, a, is there a difference in the flavor once it's flowered? Like, does the agave come to a different flavor profile? Look, I won't be, I haven't tried anything that has already gave the full flower. I have tried mezcales that have, that have shoot the quiote and it hasn't reached the flower momentum and they just cut it. So it, yeah, the, to, to, the short version is yes, it does changes. Um, even when they shoot that thing, the flavor it changes. And there is this particular mezcales, which uh, mezcalosfera used to have one, and there is another one called neta, which they have these special batches that they call it capones. And capon means that is when it's right in the precise moment of maturity to go and collect it because it has the most amount of sugar. So it's kind of like when you mm. cut the fruit that you know that is the, the precise moment yeah, to yeah. cut it. So they have these special versions, these special batches that come mm. with the, and it's called capon. That is like a spadin, capon or whatever it is. The more common one for a mezcal is, is the agave is used spadin and they, they have the capon. And it's very, very different. Than, than the other ones, I have to say. It's definitely mm. different. It tells, it ex expanding on that question, um, what about, is there a difference in the end product for uh, a, uh, a mezcal that, or, or a tequila that's made from um, a plant that came off as shoots mm -hmm. or a plant that came off as a smaller agave off the stalk of the flower yep. or a tequila or mezcal that came from a plant that grew from a seed from the yes. flower. Are yep. there differences? Yep. Is, is Look, that a, a, a I haven't tried them, but, but Why not? I would like to say that, yes, you know, <laughs> what I have tried is while, um, 
by saying wild is that I don't know how it got reproduced. I don't know if it was by pollination or it was those little shoots that came out of the flower mm. um, versus a one that is coming from the farm and it does taste different. It definitely does taste different. Um, the difference now of, of how it actually came, I don't know. But those ones, yes, it does. It does taste different. Mm. That would be a really interesting extension to the Taiwan yes. um, yeah. experiment, wouldn't it? Totally. Uh, obviously, yep. there's yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah. Like Taiwan is a is a, yeah. a a big talking point in in whiskey, uh, mm. of course. Yeah. Um, and there's more and more producers that are um, uh, uh, trying to practice. Uh, uh, and promote Taiwan and, and, and find their specific Taiwan flower for their or flavor for their area. Area. That's been done obviously for eons in Mezcal and Tequila. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep you yep, probably yep, invented yep, yep, yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> but yeah, we, we, um, that's that's one thing. Is is um with mezcal in somehow is always been there, but not brought up to, to the light as it is now. Uh, mm -hmm. With tequila, there is this amazing tequila called Tequila Ocho. And that's what they did. They just specialized in proving that agave had terroir inside the tequila denomination of origin. So they were just making one particular batch using agaves of just one field. And then the next batch will be coming from another one. And it specifies everything on the label. So mm. that tequila is, is, is now a collector's item, really, for fanatics. They're always going to be grabbing that stuff. Yeah. With yeah, so you, can read, you probably can't read it on this bottle, mm -hmm. but yeah. every little piece of information is mm -hmm. right there if you can read it. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you get I it. I can't read um, it. I just know that it tastes good. Good. Mm -hmm. yep. And with mezcal, it's always been there without without being promoting like it is now. Yeah. When I start drinking these whole things uh, and then going to restaurants and bars to, to, to present them, to show them what is this spirits about, I, I always been saying that mezcal is the wine of the spirits because you have different mm -hmm. agaves, just like you have different grapes. Each agave is going to taste different. And if you grow in one particular region, it's going to taste totally different than if you grow in a different region. So me saying, or when I found people that they say that they don't like mezcal, it's like saying that you don't like wine. Yep. Like, okay, you might not like Pinot Noir from this particular region, but that doesn't mean that you don't like Pinot Noir or that you don't like wine. You just need to keep trying until you find the one that you like. Unless that you don't like smoke flavors, then mm. that's it. Hands down. Okay, pass it on. Join to the mm. tequila world and you'll be happy. <laughs> now, uh, uh, interesting comment has come through from Top Shelf Tequila, oh, right, uh, yeah. Australia. Uh, I was recently in Mexico. I think I remember them talking about the rhizomes being genetic clones of the mother versus the seed being its own plant. Yes. So I guess, yeah, the seed, the flower and the seed has been pollinated, so mixed genetic material exactly. between plants. And then the little ones that come off the stalk or from the shoots, yeah, would be clones. Jumping clones, exactly the same. Yeah, that's true. That's that's exactly what is happening. Yep. There is this yeah. big fear in the tequila yeah. industry 
That is no. uh, what happens if a disease comes in uh, because they're all genetically the same. There is not differences in between those agave plants for tequila called Blue Weber. And they say, like, what's what will happen? Because it's just going to go really hard and kill the whole the whole plantation of agaves that exist over there. That is something that could happen. That is definitely something that is there. Obviously, all the agronomical engineers and everything, they are on it and they try to find different ways to prevent uh, that type of situation. But it is a, it's a reality if they keep it in that way. That's why this program that is letting in the tequila flower and reproduce by itself is just to keep the strength in the chain of the agave plant mm. for tequila. If I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, I, would, I would imagine that that um, genetic replication is never perfect. Uh, there's yeah. always going to be a variant and there's always going to be, uh, um, yeah, an error in the code uh, that yeah. could have potentially catastrophic um, yeah. effects for the, the future generations of that plant. That's oh, interesting. Very cool. So, oh, sorry, you were about to say something, yeah, no, I was talking about um, with the you're talking about the different terroir. Um, I was having a, a, a was it the Rasilia? So that's got the oh, two yes. types of carbo, uh -huh. and I'm finding that you know being sweet and floral, and um, yeah, you got your earth notes. So we were talking about terroir before. Do you find that with the different regions, like you know somewhere dry, you know that type of thing, or is it what's yeah? yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Even, even for me, the raicilla, that's, a, I mean, talking about raicilla. So raicilla is, let's say that is a mezcal because it's as well using agave. It just has its own denomination of origin inside the state of Jalisco. And it's close to the coast or it's right on the coast uh, in the border with another state called Nayarit up north. Yeah. Um, that one, you're totally right on the money. It's, it's sweet. I found it as well funky. But I found some saltiness in it in almost in all of them. Yeah. And I attribute it because it's close to the ocean, because it's right on the mm. coast, you know, it's right there. Um, when you go into Durango, you don't find that type of saltiness, that type of things. You start finding a little bit more dry mezcales. Uh, yep. And that is because that state is a massive desert. Uh, so you get okay. that implications. Oaxaca is so diverse, it's so crazy that it's hard to pinpoint it in this manner. But the example of Durango is very, very clear to say, yes, it does have an impact uh, drastically yeah. in the flavors. Um, if it's yeah, going to be dry or not that dry. It's yeah. still the funkiness and the sweetness that every sugar is going to give you, obviously. Uh, yeah. But yet yeah, you end up having more... More robust yeah. flavors. That's the word. Mm. Yeah, no, I found it didn't have that smokiness either, in the in like you would get in the traditional yes. mezcal. Uh -huh. Yeah, is is they using similar process though? Like when they're when they're extracting the sugars or with with raicilla versus mezcal and tequila is a bit different in the sense of the tools they are using. So with mezcal, you have to cook the agave underground to be cold. Yeah to be called mezcal artesanal and mezcal ancestral. There is three categories mm. in mezcal. We call it industrial, artesanal, and ancestral. On the label, it tells you everything. If it doesn't read artesanal or ancestral, it means that it's industrial, okay? With 
with that said, um, if you want your product of mezcal be called artesanal or it had the label of artesanal or ancestral, it has to be cooked underground. With tequila, you yep. can cook it underground. It's only these special editions that they do this kind of thing. Uh, and most of the time it's cooked in a brick oven or an autoclave. An autoclave is a big submarine. Just imagine a big pressure cooker in the shape of a submarine. With raicilla, and somehow there are not so straight rules in how you can cook it. I have seen ovens that they look like pizza ovens, but underground. Uh, but it has that kind of that clay um, shape to just seal the oven. I have seen ovens that mm -hmm. are just brick, tiny little ones. Uh, so it changes the, the way of cooking. The way that they're going to squeeze the juice once it's cooked with raicilla, it will be depend on the producer, but it could be just using a roller mill most of the time. Other ones are using mm -hmm. a bat like they use with, uh, with mezcal. So it's quite different. The distillation, um, they don't use big pots like probably tequila could use or some mezcales could use. Most of the times they are small pots and they could be stainless steel, they could be copper with different shapes. So the process, the tools used to extract the sugars is, is different with the raicilla. Yeah. It, that's as well is so funky, I imagine. Yep. Now, uh, adding to the funkiness, um, yep. yeast. So 60 hertz uh has commented if wild yeast is used in small batch mezcal then i think tewa would be hard to maintain as a consistent characteristic um well let's just split that kind of thing because hmm. yes it's wild yeast for mezcal but the yeast mm -hmm. is coming from that place, that place. and that's tewa yeah. you that's know tewa. so um that's 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 there and the consistency of the flavor, yeah, it's never going to be with true mezcales. Uh, it's, it's always going to change. It's always going to have a, a variances in it that you'll be able to appreciate if you grab one bottle of one batch and then the same label of a couple of years later, you're going to be able to taste quite easier mm. than other spirits for sure. And that's just the wild yeast that has been going around. Do they always use wild yeast or are there specific yeast strains that are generally used in commercial? For mezcal, it has to be wild yeast if you want to call it artesanal or ancestral. Yep. So really what I'm, I'm saying is that if you're going to be drinking mezcal, make sure that your bottle reads artesanal and ancestral. Yep. And then you are into the real McCoy. The real stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if it has a hat on the top, a little red hat, <laughs> probably no, is not artisanal. No. <laughs> probably is not How you guys got into tequila and mezcal, by the way? Because I'm finding people here in Australia that yeah. some of them, they don't like mm. it at all. And that's because they got caught in that momentum when they were young and they got mm. drunk with it and they haven't oh, realized yeah. that they've grown yeah, and also good. tequila grown. Uh, so how you guys got into it? I'll let you start there, Nick. Yeah, no, well, it was um, a bad experience on tequila yeah, okay. to start off with. <laughs> um, but then I got introduced when I was overseas to some mezcal and it was really smoky and, and it gave me another other dimensions of, of the product. 
And then I started to get really into it, and that's when the the Resilia came about. Um, got you know world testing and playing, and and I got a really an appreciation for it. You know the different varieties and that you can use two different varieties of agave and get a certain profile. So yeah, started to learn about it and got into it that way. Okay, mm. so it was Rysia the one that got you into it. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, just yeah. I think because of that sweetness and that saltiness as you were talking, the floral, yeah. um, there was just something about it that gave me layers and, yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, all right. You're I'm probably the first one that I know that it was Rysia that converted you into, into an agave drinker. How about you, Luke? Um, well, for me it was, uh, and, and Todd's just uh, commented as well, for me it was these guys. Ah, like all stuff. right. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So um, through, I think I first met uh, Rosemary and Stephen at the um, uh, the World Whiskey Day at a Blackgate, okay. uh, which is sort of five hours from them and five hours from us. Um, long fucking way away from Sydney, I'll tell you what. Yes. And, um, yeah, Rosemary brought uh, some of her, uh, I think it was the Reposado All right. uh, was the okay. first one that I tried, which uh, I have. Uh, shit, I should have prepared this earlier. There it is. <laughs> no, it. no, fuck, that's no. not the right one. Oh, no. Oh. That's my Reposado. Yeah. You drank uh, it. I'm a, I well uh, I've got another one. Oh. I've got another one. There it is. Oh. Crisis over. So there's their reposado, and that was the first one I tried. Ah, okay. Yep. Cool. Which cool. um was lovely. Really, really lovely and very to me it was like a uh like a honeycomb, crunchy uh milk chocolate. Uh, on the nose and and that I found very very interesting, um, and then through knowing uh, Rosemary and Stephen and seeing the back breaking work that goes into um, uh, harvesting no. their wild agave, uh, and it must be the most it, it, it looks to be the most labor intensive um, mm -hmm. harvesting of anything I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is, it it's is mental. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, then just sort of tasted all of their stuff and, and got interested and had the opportunity to try some pretty fancy ones at, at various um, uh, family get togethers and restaurants and whatnot. And um, then really, I think the, 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 the one that got me the most excited about it uh, would be yourself. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, to, to really get a, a better understanding of um, the variation uh, and the history behind okay. it. I think that's, I mean, one of the things that people love about whiskey and, and, and spirits in general is generally the stories. The stories yes. yeah. can, can turn an average spirit into an amazing spirit. Yeah. Um, and an amazing spirit into a mind-blowing spirit. Um, and there seems to be a lot of history and um, and stories around 
mezcal and and tequila and the production and the 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 whole ethos of it um yes. that i really really like um oh there we go top shelves tequila gotta go thanks for sharing your passion uh <laughs> i agree saludos saludos brad <laughs> uh todd says he has bad memories for about 25 years um <laughs> yeah. and then we met black snake and yourself uh and uh we've got here 60 hertz when i got in spirits probably about 12 years ago by mezcal that was 37 percent abv and had an agave grub in the bottle uh we've come a long, come way. A long way yeah <laughs> yeah i've <laughs> never true. had the grub i've never had the grub oh no ah, that's okay <laughs> i mean I mean, I've, I've, I've eaten yes. around um, uh, grasshopper, grasshopper. which I'm, I'm, I'm doing it completely wrong. I mean, I've, I've, I've poured out a little bit in the lid. I'm dipping my finger in it. And I'm sort of. That's okay. There is no rules. That's the beauty about all this experience. There is no rules. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what the little red hat on the tequila bottle, uh, the, the Sierra uh, tequila bottle mm. is good for because you put your yeah. salt in there, then you can dip your glass into it ah. and get a good salt rim. Salt rim from ah. from the little hat. So I mean, the hat does use... have a purpose, hmm. I think. That's probably that's well, a good. Not that's just the water. That's a good purpose for sure. Yeah. Uh, the hat is a sign that the bottle should stay on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 So what do you we, look for when you're trying to when you, when you're um, you're looking for a new product to stock to, mm -hmm. to introduce to the world? What are you looking for? Well, it has to be a product that is being now uh, the darker the better in the sense that the harder to find, the more complicated to discover it, the better because that is going to be something that is out there without looking to have a brand. Uh, so when, like in this trip that I'm going to Mexico, the plan is that I'll, I'll be traveling around with one of our suppliers that it does that kind of thing. So it's going in the middle of the mountains and then you end up in towns in Mexico and they, all of them, majority of them, there's going to be a family or somebody that he knows how to make mezcal. And then you try it and see if it's actually good or not. And then you try it from another one. And then you go to another town and you do the same thing. And when they, when you go and you find something that you like, that you just buy their production, whatever they can buy, uh, sell you, and they sell it to you in, in, in amazing just plastic bottles like this one. So this is a mezcal that I brought from Mexico. This is another one. Uh, so they just sell it to you in this Customs kind of thing. Customs love you. And the, <laughs> and the juice inside is incredible. And it has a story because you went there and you find it. And you, mm. when you go into those towns or and you meet these people, they, they are very welcoming. They're, the hospitality there is amazing. They invite you for lunch or for dinner. And they're sitting with you. And they're not telling you how good is their mezcal. They just tell you like, yeah, let's try this one. It's good. They are not going to say, oh, it tastes like mint or it has this hash yeah. flavor. And now nah, they just tell you it's good. Drink it. And that's 
that's cool. And then you start drinking it and you start finding different flavors like we do, but uh, you realize that the quality is there. Once we do that whole thing, then that's when um, we start trying to see who can who can put it inside a bottle uh, and and then we'll just say, let's go, let's bring it to, mm. to Australia. That's that's usually what happens. With tequila, is is a bit different because um, it has is it, families that they've been doing it for many years. So it's just doing that, and then as long as they respect the process of making good product, good juice, they're not going to be speeding up the process. Um, that's that's a good indicator. And the less brands they make in their distillery, the better mm -hmm. as well. That's what do you mean by by speeding up the process? Okay, so this this guy, the one that makes Pasote, uh, which is the same guy that makes this other amazing one called G4. Uh, you, his his nickname is the Mad Scientist of Tequila. So he already has a a, a, a firm, <laughs> solid nickname, right? Mm -hmm. And when when I met him. He well, he was telling me, look, the brands are becoming quite popular, and people are asking me to why don't I actually rush the process? How I not um, distill it um, faster? So you have to heat it up, everything, yeah. so then it comes out quicker. The way of cooking it, the same thing. Why don't you inject the whole steam really fast? Why don't you inject different um, accelerators in the fermentation? All that kind of stuff. And he's like, I'm not into that kind of thing at all. Like, I already wait seven, eight years for the agave. Mm -hmm. I can wait another month to make good product, you know? I already so that's mm -hmm. that's that that like yes, that's what I that's what I want to hear. Maybe yeah. other ones are looking for a different type of approach, or they're trying to attack different segment of the industry. Well, they mm -hmm. don't care about this thing, they're gonna want the production. So mm -hmm. it's it, that's that's what I look for, and when they say speeding up the process, that's one one of many. Yeah, right. So, do you think when, when you're thinking about and looking at the process and looking at the the historical approach, the the ancestral, the artisan approach, do you think that that's that's worth protecting? Is there? Ooh, like if he's protecting the process, you mean? Mm, yeah. yeah, and and the the sanctity of that that product as as yeah. that little slice of history, that that process and is a slice of history, and and, mm -hmm. a, and a tradition. Yeah, the yeah. tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the tradition. Yeah. The tradition has to be has to be there for sure. Because I know um, there's yeah. there's there's a constant argument uh, in 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 whiskey. Um, that, that's happening in, in Australia at the moment in terms of uh, rapid aged. Accelerated aging, um, yeah. Yeah, accelerated aging mm. of, mm. A, of a malt spirit um, and whether it can be called whiskey and okay. whether they can use the term single malt. Ah. Now, we don't okay. have any sort of provenance laws in Australia, um, uh, to protect anything like that at all, I don't, I don't think, or to my knowledge, anyway. Um, you can shoot a cannonball through it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, 
yeah, there, there's the argument that Australian whiskey should be, as as based on the law, uh, aged for a minimum of, of two years in wood. Okay. Um, and if it's not aged for a minimum of two years in wood, then it's not whiskey. Yep. Okay. It's a, it's a spirit. It's an yep. aged spirit or yeah. a, yes. a, a young spirit or a, a, a malt spirit or something or other. Sign, and then the argument comes in as well of, well, uh, it's it's a it's a we want to call it a single malt spirit. Ah, loophole. Yes, a loophole. In in every and what is the customer? So then it comes down to what is the customer expecting when they see the word single malt or see the yeah. phrase single malt? Are they expecting yeah. um, a something that has been aged and is a traditional single malt whiskey? Or does that not yep. matter? Mm-hmm. Have there been those sort of arguments that you're aware of in in Mexico around the use of the words yes. mezcal and tequila and uh, and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a constant fight with this whole thing. Um, not even talking about the word mezcal, but even tequila is mezcal because everything that is using an agave to make a spirit is mezcal in in the Mexican traditional culture then laws came into place and they appropriate themselves certain words and say okay you're not able to use this word anymore for your spirit even though that you tick all the boxes but you because you're not registered in the council you're not going to be able to call it mezcal or tequila depending right Mm -hmm. but inside that whole thing and with the processes getting into it with mezcal right now it's a bit set in the sense that, okay, you have the industrial, you have uh, the artesanal and the ancestral, and they have to specify almost everything on the label, which mm. I found that is, is incredible. With tequila and with the industrial mezcal, there is a big, uh, not it's not a big fight, but it's, a, it's, it's out there because there is this massive machine called diffuser. don't know if you have heard of a diffuser, so diffuser, just imagine a um, basketball court uh, size, but it's, it's a big square. So it's five, six meters long by two, three meters wide. And then you put in one side or in one end, you put agave. Uh, it goes into that machine. And after a certain time, it comes out just the juice. But you never cook the agave. Okay, uh, You mm. never uh, went through the normal steps that you have to use to make tequila so you yeah. go through that process you came up with the juice raw juice uh that just imagine what you have to do to extract something out of a raw vegetable really mm. so you have to inject certain mm. things into it uh yeah. once you come up with that juice then you're going to boil it and then you're going to ferment it using all this now is is very speed process uh mm. ferment it and then you go into a column still so the whole process from the moment that you put one agave until you come up with a bottle is, I think, is eight hours or something like that, and you have cool. tequila. When wow. people like these guys, well, they've been Phenomenal. taking. Besides that, they plant their own agaves. That's the other thing. We want to make sure that they plant their own agaves. Um, besides taking that time, then they take one month, roughly two weeks, depending uh, to to get the first product into a bottle. 
So with that said, there is this this fight of saying, hey, those tequilas are using that type of thing. They should the put it on the label right? that is. They should put. They mm. should say that is diffuser. And with when you are putting reposados or añejos or extra añejos in the tequila, by law you're allowed to put chemicals in it. And that's why some reposados are too dark or a lot of vanilla. Other ones are uh, even more dark and more oak flavor. Uh, and the añejos, the same thing. And that's because you can use additives to it. And that's the other argument is like, well, why they don't put it on the label? They should put it on the label, Ali, so then people are aware of it. And that's right now the yep. argument that is happening with tequila. Yeah, right. And who's who's winning the argument? The uh, transparency the big or the big companies that are the ones doing the, the all the, all the different <laughs> tools uh, or are using the different yeah. tools to get something out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, it's the way of the world, isn't it? Yes. So when it comes to <laughs> when it when it comes to those aged uh, mezcals and tequilas, um. I mean, what what are they aging them in? Just a a, a traditional uh, oak barrel, or what what are we? Yeah, aging? the majority of them is the, the traditional one. I'm I'm saying traditional, or not because that's the the right way or the the way that it should be done. It's just the barrel that they've been using the most since they started is the American oak barrel. And in right. the last, I'll say, twenty years. They now are starting to bring different ones, the French oak, a limousine, and then now they're starting to expand even more with like Hungarian ones. Uh, and they're trying to just experiment into the aging side of tequila to, to just put it out in the market. And they usually do it just as a special edition. There isn't mm-hmm. one in particular that they say, okay, my um, batch or my brand is only using this type of barrels. Yeah, they, they do have, yep. some are only using French, other ones are only using the American ones. And then mm-hmm. they have these special versions of, oh, and then two more months in a cherry cask, just like what they do with whiskey. They're starting to go into that world. What mm. happens with tequila and mezcal is that the more you get into it, the less oak influence you want in it you really want to go white you really want to go and taste the plant that's that's what's happening and it's just by nature saying that i do like the añejos i do like the reposados but the majority of the time i just drink blancos once in a while like oh yes i'm gonna have an añejo here because i just feel like an añejo but yeah the the the, the natural evolution of your palate when you're drinking agave is going into the blancos more than going into the aged tequilas. Yeah, right. So with the with 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 whiskies and and with Australian whiskey in particular, okay. there's a lot of emphasis put on to and and looking just at the comparisons with the aged um, aged uh, mezcal and tequila. So with Australia, there's a lot of um, uh, barrel experimentations, where yes, you've got a you've got your um, your malt base. Uh-huh. We know and appreciate what that is, and then they've aged that in a 
uh, a Pedro Jimenez barrel or right. a uh, American, uh, an ex-Bourbon American oak right. or a, uh, a French oak or whatever. But it's there's a lot more emphasis put on what type of barrel or what was in that barrel before that is then passing on flavours such mm -hmm. as a tawny, a port, uh, an apera, um, a bourbon, a... Um, um, uh, sherry. Uh, Chardonnay, yeah. sherry, all these yep. different variations yeah. of, of obviously what's been in the, in the barrel first. Is there that experimentation with the barrel aging in Mezcal as well? Not so much in Mezcal and with tequila as well. It's not so much. Um, what what it is and the, the, the geeks that we are into all these type of things, what we are looking is the variances in the processes. So yep. if this tequila mm -hmm. was, the agave was cooked underground, well, that's not very common in tequila. So let's try that one. That's the one that we want to find out. Oh, that one got 50% was uh, fermented in just timber bats and the other 50% was fermented in cement. And then they created, oh, let's try that one. You know? Or oh, that's, that's, that's what we are yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking into. And those are the special editions that come out. Oh, this tequila is only using this particular type of agave uh, that mm. is growing this particular part, and the sugar content is 37 bricks. Ah, wow. Okay, well, mm. that's the one that we're going to try, and that's the special edition that comes out. There is mm. the odd ones that are using these barrels, um, and they tell you, okay, well, it was six months in this barrel, and then these other months in, in this other one. But they are not that big. They are not that actually that massive uh, out there. But the process is the one that is happening. And with mm. mezcal, it's the same thing. Okay, you got age in animal hide because sometimes they use that as their as their fermentation yeah, yeah. Uh, vat. Uh, or it got the agave was smashed by hand. Oh, wow, that has to be something different. That's that's what's happening with the with the agave world. Mm. It's it. Yeah. To me, it feels like a very pure um, mm. approach, approach. Uh, and a very pure measure of um, quality and provenance and, and um, rarity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, fascinating. Absolutely. There's, <laughs> there's so much to go it's on. Interesting. Yeah, so much to go on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what is your favorite then? It, it all changes, but let's say, okay, it's going to be Blancos for I'm, sure. I'm going to That's force you, yeah, a Blanco, which Blanco? Which one? You've got to choose Blanco. one. You're going to, to die one. tomorrow. You're okay, going to die so then, after you drink this Blanco, uh -huh. the last Blanco you can ever, ever have, what's it going to be? Oh, it's a one that it doesn't exist anymore, but I do have some bottles <laughs> kept. So it does um, exist. And, and that's called, um, it's called Criollo. And that's the one that is using these special agaves that they were just certain amount of sugar. Um, and unfortunately, it's not made anymore. But that's, that's the last bottle that I think I would like to have uh, before I die or the, or the night before <laughs> I pass out. That would be drinking that for sure. That sounds like a, a good deathbed bottle, yeah. Yes, sure. And what are you expecting to taste from that? Oh, it's going to be a lot of 
sugar, but natural sugar, agave, um, is going to have an, a nice heat, but not overwhelming. So it is, you, you, you it, it burns you, but it's that nice burn that you feel with like, mm. oh, okay, it's, it's, it's not overwhelming, it's not yeah. overpowering. It's, it's a good burn mm -hmm. with that nice sugar flavor and minty and a little bit of anise. That's that's how it's gonna with the agave wow. in it. That's the one. That's the one for that one. Yeah. And for mezcal, ooh, for mezcal, I think the last one will have to be pretty close to the one that you have right now over there. Look, yeah, that's, that's pretty damn that's, good. That would be right on the list. Another one that is using a coyote agave. That could be another one. And tepestate. Those any of those three. I'm happy to grab it. And more if it's ancestral method. I love ancestral mm. method because you still taste the, the difference between the process of ancestral and artesanal in mezcal is mainly the distillation process. And the ancestral is using clay. And I really like the clay flavors. Mm. Uh, cooking with clay, I love it. Drinking water when it's been kept in clay jars, I really enjoy it. So that's why I... I like ancestrales mezcales, so that would be that would be definitely yep. an ancestral mezcal, uh, the last one that I will be drinking. So I'm just uh, very wow. quickly uh, digging up, and I I I kick myself that I didn't do it before. I'm going to bring up a photo of a clay pot still that I think is just amazing. Here we go. Some comments in the meantime. I don't think I even want to try and pronounce <laughs> that because I'm going to murder it. Can you pronounce that for me? Soledad Matatlán, nuestra Soledad Matatlán. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, great. It's a great mezcal. Actually, I have, well, I don't have the Matatlán, but I have another one here, same brand, but this one is from the town called La Chiwi, which is really good too. So, oh, fuck, I'm trying to bring it up. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Hold on, hold on. Two secs, bear with me. I'll get it. I will. I'll... Oh, now my fucking thing's not. Fuck it. God damn. Technology fail. Techn... You know. I better bring the in the IT expert. I know. The nerds will appreciate when you're trying to download an image that comes down in, in, in WebP. And then you can't um, use it in things because they're expecting it to be a JPEG or a PNG or something or other. And it's really just a, na a file name change to make it work. And the nerds will get me. The nerds will, will understand the pain that I'm feeling at this very point. So here it is. I found. There we go. Yeah, that's that. That, look at that. that looks like a place still to me. Look at that. Yeah. That's just rustic. That's awesome. Old school. So that's just to my yeah. understanding. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't. Okay. So you've got cold water coming in from the top there. Yes. Fill in that bowl, which is then mm -hmm. overflowing into the trough at the back. Yep. And then. Inside yep. the clay pot there, we've got our distillate. Yes. There's, there's obviously fire 
underneath that or coals underneath that, underneath the clay uh -huh. pots. Yep. That are then heating up the distillate and then inside that clay pot must be some form of a, let's say, a spoon in the middle that's catching some of those drips so exactly. that they can then be condensed and come out. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, they Sometimes they put a, a spoon, sometimes they use an agave leaf. That is the one that is going to hopefully mm. catch those drops that is coming from in that photo that you have. It's a copper pot, the one that is holding that cold water. So that's the condenser. So this thing goes up, touches that condenser, uh, mm -hmm condenses and it drops and inside that clay pot that we were seeing somehow buried it has the um, agave leaf or the spoon that is going to catch it and it's going to shoot it out in that little um tube that you, we can see on yeah. on the on the side or on the bottom of that yeah. clay pot yeah that's amazing that's brilliant yeah no wonder it tastes earthy yeah, yeah, absolutely. What I really <laughs> like about it is as well, um, yeah. besides the flavor and everything, it's like look at that process. It's not a, hmm. it's it's old school, old school, old school, and yeah, it's it's not it's not using a lot of technology. <laughs> I mean, it's a technology, but it's a technology of yeah. That, the it's it's the definition of yeah. artisanal, of small batch, of yeah. craft, really, isn't it? It yes. is It is an absolute craft yeah. Um, yeah. doing that. And A, not blowing yourself up. Um, yeah. And B, not sending people blind. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, now, and I, as well, I mean, that's, that's that place, right? But we only see that photo... Getting to that place is beautiful. You feel like Indiana Jones because you are right in the middle of nowhere and it's a dirt road and there's nothing. You're like, where, where am I going? And then you turn in the middle of nowhere, a curb, and you are, end up in this little town, usually close to a river. And you still get off. You start walking in the middle of the mountain and boom, that's where they have... This little shed, and it's a shed, there is no walls, it's just a shed that protects from the rain, and that's where they are making that. I bet it's least. hot as hell, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah there we go. Yeah, the uh, smells hertz, and not a uh, hydrometer to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is measuring by, <laughs> by, by taste and smell, isn't it? Yes, yes. Just experience. Yep. So when and you're, they when do you're the there, bubbles, they do the, the bubble things, the pearls, as they call it, you know. Yeah, so when well, they shake, when we shake this spirit, you oh, see you there see is the bubbles, yeah. The bubbles. So based on that, they know what is the ABV that is gonna have the alcohol. And they're usually out wow. just by one percent, you know. So it's incredible. Wow. That that is incredible. Now, yeah. unfortunately, that wouldn't pass Australian law, I don't think. <laughs> Can you imagine Nick, uh, just shaking your bottle and going, no. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. That's that's that's, that's 55% right there. Yeah. Actually, no, I'll say it's 55 Absolutely. Yeah. Just two. Yeah, thank, thank yeah, you, it's incredible, huh? it's, it's fascinating what, what they do. That's why we call them maestros. Is the maestros? They're the maestros. Yeah. 
That is amazing. <laughs> Look, uh, brilliant. Thank you again for coming on and telling us, talking to us about all that is mezcal and tequila. It's fascinating, fascinating topic for me, absolutely. at least. Um, and I just absolutely love your passion. We had a couple of comments coming through as well. Um, okay. uh, uh, Top Shelf Tequila, uh, thanks for sharing your passion. Um, yeah, great. It is, uh, it's infectious and it makes me want to drink a whole bottle of, of, of good mezcal, but then, yeah. but then I'm going to have to buy more and it's going to send me broke. But <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be a happy broke. Yeah. A happy broke. A happy broke. hundred percent. Um, yep. do you, before we, before we wrap it up, cause we've, uh, it's, it's getting late. Um, do you, what, what have you got to plug? So you're heading away for a couple of weeks, uh, in a couple of weeks, how long will you, will you be away for? And then what are you hoping to bring back? So I'm going for a whole month um, to Mexico, and that's just visiting our current suppliers, saying hello, and then they are the ones that take you to these weird spots, and you try amazing things. Sometimes there's only a little batch, um, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to get a little bit more of this one, so then in these special events or something like that, yeah. like, hey, check this one out. we're going to drink it together. Uh, yeah. uh, where, where in Australia are you based? I'm based in Queensland, in uh, Sunshine oh, Coast. Fucking wrong state. <laughs> but I fly from Sydney all the time, so... So yeah. Next time you're in Sydney, that, hit me uh, up and make sure you bring a little plastic bottle, a little drink bottle like that, please. Will, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be in Raizilla town again. I was there in November, and I'm going this time. And I'll yep. be awesome. just looking for different things. Um, yeah, and see what what it comes out. Then then tequila. Visiting this guy, uh, the mad scientist of tequila, and the other guys that we have, and mm -hmm. then Oaxaca. And that's it. I'll, I'll wrap it up over there. With what a hard line. Right down. It's summer, so that's going to be good. Running out of <laughs> winter. Rubbing yeah, it in. I, yeah. I would imagine you're feeling yeah. it a little bit, although you are in Queensland. It doesn't really get cold there, does it? A little bit, a little bit it does. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Nick, what have you got to plug? What's happening in your world? Uh, no, just still playing with our rice whiskey. Um, so, yeah, trying to convert that now with rice and pilsner malt. So uh, just trying different things. Yeah, exciting times. Yeah. Uh, from what I've tasted, it's really, really cool. And you were saying off air as well that there's only a, you're the only Australian rice whiskey producer. Oh. At this stage, yep. So we're, we're the first one. Looks like we'll be the first to release, which is, you know, pretty exciting. Yeah. Very, very unique. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to batch one coming out so I can grab yeah. a bottle. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, thank you to our regulars. Oh, look, there we go. Uh, Jono, he feels my pain with the WebP images mm. downloading thing he's a nerd he knows what i'm talking about there everybody else is like what the fuck are you on you idiot <laughs> um thank you to all our regulars for joining us now i do have a couple of little plugs that i need to do before we wrap up uh this little number which i had here's one i prepared earlier uh we've awesome. got a, we've got the book we are the uh, exclusive uh australian new zealand 
um, retailer of the story of Jim McEwen. So if you are a fan of uh, Brooklady, buy that and you will know everything. It is, it's it's yep. big. It's a big raid. It is, it's it's heavy. It costs us a fucking fortune in shipping. Um, but <laughs> it is a really good, really good raid. We've got, as I said, we are the only ones uh, who have it. It is exclusive to us. Uh, and because, because I love you all, and uh, because because I can, uh, I've put up a coupon. Oh. So if you jump on the website, uh, which is, hold on, did I shootingshit.com.au, jump on the website. It's right at the top, like right at the top. You can see. So here's the here's the website, and just at the top there, you can't miss it. There's the story of Jim McEwen. You click that button. The orange one, and then I don't shit. Now I've lost my thing, uh, and then you get through to buy the book. When you put in this promo code, Max Trade, in honor of our special guest, you'll get free yeah. shipping. Oh, anywhere in Australia. That's good. So surprise, because it, it's fucking heavy. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> so that's, that's that's a good promo code to uh to wrap your lips around so jump on the website shootingshit.com.au use the coupon code mextrade uh i'm i'm doing that because i can and because todd and crafty aren't here so they don't they don't know i didn't ask them uh for permission i'm just i'm just doing it uh it does expire though and you know what I'm not going to tell you when it expires. So you have to get in quick nice. before it expires. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, just to mix things up a little bit, keep it spicy, you know? I like it. Yep. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Throw in a bottle of black Good try, 60. Like Good try. <laughs> Good fucking try, but no. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, jump on the website, shittandshit.com.au. Get your order in. Get free shipping with Trade. And, yes, the coupon code will expire, but I'm going to be an asshole and not tell you when, just so you have to fucking use it. And you can't wait till the last minute. So, off you go. It's now up to you. Good luck. Uh, we do have quite a few, so you're not going to miss out. <laughs> Uh, but you will miss out on the coupon code, so you know, do it. Uh, and yes, free shipping. It is free shipping, even to New Zealand, for our Kiwi friends with their fashion chops. It's free shipping everywhere to Australia, New Zealand. So yes, do that. Yeah. Uh, again. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you all for watching. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, and hey, Todd, Todd, watch this. Watch this. Uh, oh, fuck, hold on. No, no. <laughs> no. Try now I'm ready. Here we go. Here all we right, go. Todd. You're, Todd hasn't seen this either. You ready?
فاق اقول 